Amen. This morning it is our pleasure to have with us again Israel Ruiz. Israel, as you remember, uh, he was part of my installation service. And I met Israel several years ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but it was at General Assembly uh, through a mutual friend. We met, and then lo and behold, God brought him here to Delaware. Israel is an assistant pastor at City Church in Wilmington. And City Church, if you recall, we supported City Church from its very beginning. And I served on this provisional session for five years until the church had required its own elders. And, and now the church continues to grow. City Church is a church that is like ours, and it's, we, have, we share a similar vision. So our success and their success are linked. And so as Israel comes this morning to share the word of God with us, our hope is, our hope is to continue this work, to see this vision that God has given us as, as reaching across the lines of race and class for gathering people in the worship of Christ, bringing the community together to worship and serve the Lord. This is what our hope is for City Church, Israel, as he's doing outreach there and uh, leadership development. And so we, we hope to see this work continue. So pray for Israel as he comes and breaks open the word of God for us. Israel, brother, come speak to us. Thank you for your kind words. Um, this morning, we're going to see together the word of the Lord. From the book of John, chapter 21. I'm going to read verses 18 to 25. Um, uh, if you have your phones with you, I don't know, I think they're in the back too. Oh, I can see the phone. It's different than my church, so I have to get used to it. I have it there too. That's awesome. Alright, so if you, have, if you can see it, or if you have your Bibles, go to John 21. And please stand as we read the word of the Lord together. I will guide you and I ask you to please read it. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch, you will stretch out your, your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This is said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is a disciple who is bearing witness about these things. And who has written these things and Oh, and we know that his testimony is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. 
were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, you bring, you bring hope to the hopeless, light to darkness, life where there is death. Right now, in this moment, we come before you recognizing that we need you and that we want you. Um, would you please open our ears, our eyes, our hearts, so that your word will penetrate us, that it will transform us for your glory, and through us may we bring light in our lives and the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May be seated. And it is 2021, but it still feels like 2020 is lingering. I read a few weeks ago that up to, it was in December when I read the article, it said that up to December there were about a thousand doctors and nurses that have died because of COVID in the U.S. only. And why? I mean, the first week, maybe you didn't know you were going to die because of it. But then after a month and after a month, you know people that work with you are dying. Why are you still going? Some people might ask, the relatives might ask, please, don't go. I don't want you to die. And they still go. So praise God for them because they are true to their calling. They know they are willing to sacrifice. They, they know that their call requires sacrifice. And they go home knowing that they might not come back someday. Just like nurses and doctors, from Dr. Fauci to the woman that opens the room and cleans the room. All of them are risking their lives because they have this calling or serving others, are taking care of others. And today we're going to see Peter's calling. It didn't start in this chapter where Jesus is saying, follow me. We can go all the way back to Matthew. Matthew 4, we can go to, to Mark and Luke 5, in which when he enters in, into a relationship with Jesus, Jesus tells him, follow me, I'm going to make you a feature of men. You probably have heard that before. And if you know a little bit about the Gospels and you have heard about Peter, you know that he was a very passionate man and identified with him uh, a little bit because sometimes I do things without thinking. Uh, he will see Jesus, he will jump in the water and will get excited and walk and think, oh my goodness, I'm in the water, then sinks. And then the guard comes when Jesus is going to be take, taken to the cross and he sees the guards and he takes the sword and cuts the guard's ear. Um, when Jesus is going to wash him, wash his feet, he says, no, Lord, my whole body. And just be quiet, Peter, uh, and think, you know, I got, that's why I identify with him because sometimes I react too quick. And right before uh, this section that I read, is when, this is after Jesus' resurrection. So the, uh, the apostles, about seven, they are in a boat, and then Jesus is on the shore, and he's telling them, have you fished anything? And he said, 
They said, no, we'll throw the net to the other side. And he, they do. And they say, John says, this is Jesus. So Peter, what does he do? He jumps. Jumps and swims and goes to Jesus because he loves him so much. He's very passionate. And he goes with him and they have breakfast and a very in- intimate moment. But right before this, before Jesus' uh, crucifixion, when Jesus went to the cross willingly, Peter had denied him three times. They were taking Jesus to the cross, and they wanted to know he was part of Jesus' group. And Jesus said, no, I'm not. Do you know this man? No, I don't. Three times he denied him. And back then, even now, my kids know if we repeat something, you have to pay attention. Right? Hopefully you know that too. Uh, so back then, but it was very meaningful. And Peter denied Jesus three times. And now when Peter and Jesus are interacting, Jesus asked him three times, Do you love me, Peter? And he says, Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Follow me. Let me read verses 18 and 19 again. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by, why, by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So this moment that we, we just read, this moment is like a reincorporation for Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Now Jesus is telling him, do you love me three times? Well, you do, follow me. Remember the follow me, it happened in Matthew too. I mean, at the beginning of John, we can see that Jesus is calling Peter, come and follow me. And he did. He did at the beginning of his walk with Christ. And now Christ is calling him again, follow me. But you know what, Peter? Now you have grown, and following me requires sacrifice. And I'm telling you, you're going to suffer and you're going to die. It says here, his hands will be stretched. It is believed that in church history that Peter died crucified as well. It's going to take sacrifice, Peter. And Peter followed. Peter followed. So we see in Peter's life, three, three, uh, I can break it in three sections. Young Peter, follow me. Yes, I'll go. Then he kind of like, he was afraid. Like I would have been probably. He has denied Jesus three times. I deny him sinfully every day with my actions and words. And I need God's mercy as Peter did. And then Christ reincorporated him to his calling and said, follow me. And he did. You're going to lose your life, Peter. It's going to cost you. Yes, Lord, I will follow. So my question 
to you, regardless if you are at the beginning of your walk with Christ, or if you have been walking with Christ for a while, but right now you're in deep sin, or you don't even feel like God is talking to you and you're denying Him, or if you're a mature Christian, is what is it costing you to follow Christ? Have you lost any relationships? I'm not hoping that that happens. But when we follow Christ, there is a cost. Have you lost your job? Have you had to move? Have you had to block people on Facebook? Have you been banned from somebody else's account? Does it cost you to follow Christ? I hope it doesn't, but I hope it does. I hope it doesn't because I don't want you to suffer. But I hope it does because our call is not to follow the world, but to follow Christ. And when we do that, we will be rejected. See, Jesus knew what Peter was going to do because he told him, you're going to deny me. And then it happened. But still... Jesus told Peter, follow me, from the beginning. Jesus exposed himself. Doesn't it happen to you when you love somebody and you open your heart? You know you're going to be hurt. But still you do it because it's worth it. And that's what happened with Jesus and Peter. Jesus knew from the beginning, before the creation of the world, who Peter was going to be, and he still called him. Jesus exposed himself to suffering and he still called Peter to follow him he chosen from the beginning before the creation of the world and he called him and how did Peter respond yes Lord I will follow you from the beginning and now at the end we see the same response and he does it I believe because he he's responding to God's love to Jesus' love. Jesus loved me. The rabbi, right now, I don't know fully who Jesus is, but I know he's coming from God. He's telling me to follow him. I want to follow him. Back then, when uh, the rabbis had followers, they studied when they were young, and they studied for years and years and years, and then they were chosen. It was a very, it wasn't a four-year seminary degree. It was a whole life of training. So this fisherman, already an adult, here, a rabbi is calling me to follow him? Oh, I will follow him. And he does. He sees Jesus' love for him, and he responds with love. John, uh, you probably have heard the name John Stott, great theologian and author. He had a sermon on uh, 2 Corinthians 5. It says 14 and 15, and it says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that, no, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Then John, uh, John Stott was preaching this sermon, and in a section he's talking about the church. So what he's saying is, if we love Christ, we have to die for ourselves to live for Him because He died for us to have life. 
We see this uh, in John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In uh, another verse, it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So to love God is to obey God. We are not people that are here by works, that gain our salvation with works. We are people here that are saved by grace, by faith. We have put our trust in God because the Holy Spirit pushed us because we were going against it. And he said, follow God. And we did. But now, how do we show our love to God? By obeying. So John started in this sermon, he's saying, if the church were going to preach the gospel, it will preach against lust. It will protect the unborn He will talk about the chastity of marriage. He will talk about grace. But what do we do? We go so well with society, I'm paraphrasing now, that sometimes our message is toothless. There is no power. There is no bite. We're not preaching cross-cultural relationships where we have the mayor and we have the one mowing his grass working and worshiping together. We're not preaching that. We're separating people. We are going with the flow. And if we have people outside of grace that don't contradict us, then we have to think, what are we not doing? What is our message toothless? My life, is my life toothless when I talk to my friends that are not Christians? So we see in the first section that we're talking this morning that following Christ comes with sacrifice. And for Peter, it was to die on the cross. It was to die as a murderer, as somebody that broke the Roman law and the Jewish law. It was to be sacrificed and put in ridicule in front of everybody. And Peter still follow. But you know what? Peter was still Peter. We'll get there in in the next verses. He says, Peter turned 20 and 22. 22. Uh, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? So they're talking about John here, okay? And later we can see that because he's saying, I'm the one that wrote this. What's going to happen to, to him, Jesus? Lord, what about this man? You just told me I'm going to die, I'm going to suffer. What about him? And I, oh, Peter, come on. Jesus said, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you, Peter? You follow me. Is that the, have you heard about what about what about ism? What about this? What about that? When somebody talks to you, but what about that guy? Uh, Peter, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me, Peter. He's not saying don't worry about John, but I don't think Peter right now is worrying about John. About oh, poor John, how can I help him so he's not crucified? <laughs> I don't think that's what's going on. Because, yeah, we're, we're to care for others. We're to have compassion for others. 
but there is something deeper going on. There is comparison. When we compare ourselves to others, we become jealous. We lose the focus where we want to go, what we're called to do. If my church starts, or, or you guys, if you start thinking, oh, what about the other church? You know, they have a basketball court. I don't know if you do or not, but they have a basketball court, the youth program. They have so many kids, you know. Or the women's ministry, or this and that. We start getting jealous. And we start, start losing focus of the gospel. And our call to follow Christ. We all have different callings. Excuse me. No, no, I didn't want to say that. I said, we all have different stories. Okay? But we all have the same calling. And our calling is going to be reflected different because we're all different. We're all called to follow Christ. Right? But I'm called to follow Christ in Wilmington and you're called to follow Christ here in Dover or wherever you live around here. So it is different, but the same. Same calling different ways of practicing it. Still true to the gospel, I'm not talking about changing the truth of the gospel, I'm talking about applications. Like we did this morning, uh, there was a welcoming, correct me if I'm wrong, in English, Spanish, muchas gracias, <laughs> Korean, correct? Was there another language that I missed? I think those were the three. I know how to say Buenos dias, good morning, and I think in Korea it's año. But I think año means a lot of other things, good night, thank you, good to see you, and many other things too. But año. And you do that because it makes sense for you to do it. It wouldn't make sense to do that in a place in a church where there's no Koreans, right? But it's the same calling of uniting people in the gospel. We are united to Christ. We are united to God through Jesus Christ. We are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, but we are also to follow the rest of the passage. There is reconciliation among us as well. And for some churches, that looks like it has to be done in three languages. And for others, one. And for others, two. We all have to live our calling in our context. That's what Jesus is telling to Peter. Pay attention. Focus in what I'm calling you to do. You're going to be a fisher of men. And then Peter, in his life, we see how he brings the gospel to different types of people, but his ministry is mainly with the Jewish people, different than Paul's. We all have different stories, but we all have the same God. Don't compare yourself to others, Peter. And Israel, don't compare yourself to others as well. Well, my, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, since most of you don't know me, or even haven't shared. I, I know Kenny some. We, we talk on the phone, and it's like talking to myself because we agree on a lot of things. We always say, yep, mm, amen. <laughs> but I don't think I've shared my testimony with him a little bit. I won't go in whole details, but I break it in three sections. I became a Christian when I was about 12. I grew up in a Catholic country. I'm from uh, Lima, Peru. Uh, my mom led us to Christ through, uh, I mean, she started attending church when I was 12, but, but 10, when I was 12. 
and the pastor came to our house, and my brother and I became Christians the same moment. But I knew no Christians around me. I had no Christian friends. So I got tired of it when I was 12. I mean, when I was 16 to 18. I was a punk. So I didn't want to, you know, I didn't have Christian friends. So I was tired of being the, the different guy. So I started to walk away from God from Monday to Saturday. Not Sunday, because I, never, I always kept going to church. But I was living two lives. Denying Christ more than three times, Monday to Saturday, no Sundays. Until the Lord showed me with his word, First John, if you have declared, I'm your savior, you know, you are mine. Because I had the doubt that I had lost my salvation. My friend guided me through John 10, you know, once you're in the Lord's hand, he will never, ever let you go. Okay? We're Presbyterians, we can say that and always say Amen. <laughs> He will never let you go. I thought I had lost my salvation. But I didn't. Because that's what the Lord says. And I trust in that. I hold that, hold that truth dearly in my heart. And then I listened to a testimony. And the Lord called me. I don't know what that call was going to look like. But he called me to follow him. So that was the time when I realized that I didn't only have a Savior. But also a Lord. I didn't live like if Christ was my Lord. I was worried about too many other things, like Peter was. was comparing my, my Christian life to others. But the Lord said, focus, follow me. We see that also, uh, probably you have heard about C.S. Lewis. It's uh, one of his chronicles. Of the, I was going to say Lord of the Rings. No, <laughs> that was his friend, uh, Narnia. Uh, in a book, The Horse and His Boy, there is two main characters, Shasta and Alan, Aslan. And I'll go brief with this. Uh, so Aslan has, has rescued Shasta, and he's telling him, I protected you. I'm the one that pushed the boat so that you will get out. I was taking care of you, he says. I protected you while you were asleep. I comforted you when you were among the house of the dead. And you know what Shasta said? He said, so then it was you who wounded Arabis? Like, just like Peter. Like, and Aslan says, Child, I'm telling you your story. Not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. So, brothers and sisters, what's your story? What's, what's your what you're calling is to follow Christ. But how does it look like in your life? Is there something going on there that you're holding on that you don't want to lose? What is it costing you to follow Christ? Are you paying attention to your calling? As a husband, as a wife, as a single woman, as a widow, as a Sunday school they, uh person overseeing Sunday school. What is your calling is to follow Christ. But are you following Christ in your life, in the, in the different areas of your life? I hope you are. And whether you are at the beginning of your Christian life, like I said earlier, or whether you're 
not following Christ right now, but you're a Christian, or if you are like a mature Christian, like I said, the call still remains the same. It says, follow me. So if you're a new Christian, you have all the, when you first, if you have ever dated, or when you first get married, there's a lot of adrenaline going on, there's a lot of excitement going on. It lasts forever, right? <laughs> I've been married 14 years, still going on, strong. Um, but you know all the adrenaline and excitement. If you are there, sit on the feet of Jesus and listen to his word and act with passion like Peter did. But pause longer than Peter did. And think. If you are not sure have I lost my salvation, rest assured you have not. Once safe, always safe. The Lord will never let you go. There's nothing on the east or the west, south or north that can separate you from the love of God. Follow me, the Lord is telling you today. Come to me. Rest. There will be sacrifices. Follow me. If you're a mature Christian and you think you have all the bosses checked, God is still calling you to follow him. Reevaluate your Christian life, how you're living it, and think, what is it costing you? Or is everything okay? Is your message toothless? Is your life toothless? See, Jesus doesn't want to... Uh, this comes, uh, it's a summary, I'm rephrasing some words from C.S. Lewis, they're not mine, from the book Mere Christianity. He, he, Jesus wants us to hand over all our natural self. He wants us to give all to Christ. All the innocent, all the wicked desires, thoughts that we have. He wants it all. He wants it all. Jesus is going to give us a new self. He's making us new in Christ. You know that. We talked about it. I think we sang a little bit of that earlier already. Jesus is going to give us a new self instead. He's going to restore us, yes. But the word of God says that we are new in Christ. New. When you get something from Amazon and you know it's not new, you return it. Right? It says, bring new. You are new. Yeah, you are yourself still, but you are new in Christ. In fact, C.S. Lewis says, Jesus is giving himself to you. Not that you are only new, but he wants to renew your own will as well. So Jesus doesn't do it from the outside, from the outside with a little one, you are new. No, he's coming and he's living in you, in your heart. He wants to enter to every single corner, every single dark room in your heart that you're closing and don't want to give up for him. He wants to penetrate it and he wants to give light to it. Whether you're feeling alone, you're feeling hopeless, you're feeling that your message is toothless. Jesus wants to get in there and transform you. So that his will will be your will. 
And that's why we say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. The Lord wants to bring you back into his story. The Lord wants to bring you also for the first time into his story. So if you're not a Christian and you want to follow Jesus, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to memorize the catechism. You don't have to wait to know what tulip means. You don't. You just have to get up and say, Yes, Lord, I will follow you. Jesus Christ didn't say to Peter, Would you please follow me? I want to tell you, I think you should consider this. Or let me open your heart if you want to, so I can get in. Would you welcome me? No, he's telling him, Follow me. And he's telling you this morning, Follow me, because if you are his sheep and you haven't recognized Jesus Lord as his Savior, and you are right now thinking, oh, is he calling me? Yes, he's calling you. Because his sheep recognizes his voice, so don't doubt. He's calling you this morning. And if you are Christian, he's still calling you this morning, wherever you are in your Christian life. So, brothers and sisters, let's follow Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's follow Christ knowing that it's going to cost. Okay? It is going to cost. But the gain, but the gain is so sweet, like milk and honey, is eternal. Where there is not going to be more coronavirus, where everybody will speak Spanish, (laughs) and there won't be more elections. That's how sweet. That's how sweet our Lord is. Let's follow Christ, knowing that yes, it will involve sacrifice, but also know this, you're not alone. Like I said, He wants to come and live in you. And not just that, He has given you the church, family. You're more family with the people sitting next to you than with your blood relatives right now. You're not alone. How do we follow Jesus? I will end with this. Obeying. Obeying. How do we know how to obey? By reading the word. By praying. You're not alone, brothers and sisters, in this journey. You have the Holy Spirit with you. You have the church. You have Christ. You have the word. It will cost, but be... What is the word? Be glad. Be hopeful. That Christ. Be glad that Christ has called you. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you're not calling us to something unknown. It's clear in your word to what you are calling us to. That is to follow you and love you as a response of the great love that you have for us. You laid your, love, you laid your life for ours so that we could have eternal life. So we thank you for that. And with all meekness, we recognize how much we need you, Lord. Please fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.